go check out Andy's Personal Development Podcast, available today on your favorite podcast platform. Andy's Personal Development Podcast, sensitive and engaging, uplifting and inspiring to the point of fulfillment. Many episodes up for you to listen to already. Make sure you subscribe to be notified of future releases. Topics include successes born on both sides of the street, from mess to messenger, empowered women and the road to Moresco, achieving self-actualization through the ninja way, loving after narcissistic abuse, never quit on a bad day, discover your calling through self-mastery and more. Andy's Personal Development Podcast is geared and designed to meet and fulfill the many instances of our search for answers to the mystery of our life, choices, circumstances, and outcome. We don't have to settle for second best or less. We can empower and inspire ourselves to rise one step higher every day and to realize our true self and potential to a brighter and better day. And in Andy's Personal Development Podcast, they have discovered so much that they must share it all with you and you can gain the experience of a lifetime that's Andy's Personal Development Podcast. Stream it today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Podbean, and more. You can also connect and follow on Instagram at AndyCharles8417, on Facebook at Andy.Charles.393, and on LinkedIn, search Andy A. Charles. That's Andy's Personal Development Podcast. Go stream, download, and subscribe today. Hey, it's Andy of Andy's Personal Development, and we are currently live in the breakout room. Greetings to one and all, wherever you are listening or viewing this podcast. We thank you for your continued commitment and support to making this the best possible podcast for health, happiness, and prosperity on the planet. Today, as usual, we have another inspiring and interesting guest to share with you on the breakout room. So let me just quickly introduce our guest. Her name is Merit Khan and she's the CEO of Select Sales Development, a certified speaking professional entrepreneur since 1998, author, stand-up comedian, writer, producer, and performer of a one-woman inspiringly comedy show. There is so much more, but we just leave it up to Merit to tell you more about herself as we introduce her live on the breakout room this episode which is entitled how open-minded leaders create innovation with merit khan merit welcome thank you very much it's a pleasure to be here andy it's a pleasure to have you and we thank you so much for taking the time to be with us on the breakout room so merit the first question that i want to ask is basically based on the information that i just shared with our audience how do you get the time and the energy to do so many things. Your areas of competence is so wide. How do you manage? How do you do it? Uh, well, I have a lot of help. Um, <laughs> you know, I think uh, I learned that by producing, writing, producing, and performing my one-woman comedy show. Uh, I can promise you that uh, doing a one-person show takes a lot more than one person. Yeah. So yeah. I learned a long time ago that uh, you got to have the right people on your team to make things happen. 
Wow. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks for sharing, Merit. So tell us a bit about how you became to be the person that you are today. And what was the driving force behind the discovery of your talents? All right. Well, um, I think there's a couple of different stories here. So first of all, I would say I come from a family of sales professionals, right? All so right. my grandmother sold Avon. My grandfather had a used car lot. My mom was in real estate. My dad was in advertising. So it was never really a question of what is Merritt going to do with her life? Oh. It was really more a question of what's Merritt going to sell? Oh. And uh, so Merritt ended up selling radio advertising and then sales training. And in those experiences, I I really honed my skills in terms of business development, um, marketing, and and uh, leadership. And I, I think because all of those different experiences had me in front of people, whether it was an audience of one on a sales call or an audience of hundreds of people in a workshop or a training session. I, I really discovered that if you want to have a bigger impact, you have to have something important to say to more people. And the more valuable you are to more people, the more you earn bigger stages. Yeah. And because of that, I think all of that sort of uh, comes together in what I am doing now, which is really keynote speaking to large groups of very diverse audiences. Primarily, um, my sweet spot would be sales kickoff meetings or leadership meetings or things like that. But really, the message is that to, to, to expand on what's possible for you or for your clients, you have to first bring an open mind that mm -hmm. more is possible. More is possible for your clients, certainly, but more is possible for you as well. And I think it's very interesting that I gravitated towards doing that. Like if that's that's sort of the purpose of why I'm here is to help people understand and get access to creating new um, opportunities and possibilities or innovation is another way of saying that. Um, but to, to first open their minds to those new possibilities. And certainly I can do that in sales and through a training session, but I found that doing that through a comedy show was really effective. And I, it was, it baffled me. I, I wasn't expecting that. So. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Great, great, wonderful story. I love it. So you grew up with this variety of sales persons around you. And as you said, the question is, what is Merit going to sell? <laughs> but where did that passion for the comedy, especially that one woman show, where did that start? Where did it came from? Was that an aha moment or something that gradually became a reality? I think I was always one of those people that when, when there's a tough situation or there's a challenge or you need to kind of break the tension in the room, I would be that person with the joke. Uh -huh. um, so I'm not saying that that was always a good idea, mm. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes not appropriate, but I, right. I always had a, a tendency to want to lighten the mood okay. so that we could kind of all just take a breath and then we could figure it out. Right. Um, so I'd say that that's a very natural pattern for me that I can see throughout my life. But in 2014, I actually took a, a comedy workshop. Mm -hmm. And that was solely for the purpose of being more deliberately funny in the keynote programs that I was delivering okay. because I get paid fairly well to do a keynote. And 
the the uh, the joke in that in our in the professional speaking world is, you know, you don't have to be funny, you know, only if you want to get paid, right? Something. And, and it's like true, that. right? Like okay. you have to think about the people you like listening to. They're going to make you laugh a little bit. It's it's it, it's easier to consume information when it's light uh -huh. and it's playful. So I, I took this stand-up comedy workshop to learn how to craft material that I could infuse into my keynote so that I could be funnier on stages in business. Mm. I did not expect that I would fall in love with stand-up comedy yeah. and you know, and have a whole nother um, avenue of, uh, you know, a whole nother offer in my business. Right, right. So it, it took a little while. And, you know, in the very beginning, uh, performing stand-up was the most terrifying thing I'd ever done. And once I started to get really good at it, I, I saw that there was more that was possible for myself, right? So keeping in line with everything I said at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And for my 50th birthday, I wanted to understand um, really how did I learn to cope with my life? How did I mm. learn to cope with the ups and downs? How did I learn the lessons that I share with audiences now? Like, where did all of that come from? And I started to write, the original idea was for my 50th birthday, I was going to write a 50-minute stand-up comedy set. So and at that point in time, I had probably about 20 minutes of solid material about, you know, relationships and parenting and dating. And like I had, I had some good material, but what I discovered along the way, as I was writing and I had a fabulous co-writer on that project, um, the uh, hilarious and talented Karen Ruth White. But as, as she and I talked through my life stories, there were, there were definitely some through lines and. I realized that the story, it was more than a comedy stand-up set. It was, it was characters from my life that had something to teach me mm. that I learned, you know, a lesson at, at age seven yeah. that was applicable at, you know, 45. And so it was really a, a beautiful tapestry of discovering my past, the influencers, the things that made me laugh, the experiences that were hard, how I discovered that I could cope. And I've been able to rewrite my life story as a comedy show, which I think gives people a lot of freedom that they are not stuck with the stories that may be running their life and keeping their futures from being as expansive as they can be. Mm -hmm. And so if you can, if you can look at those same stories, because you can't change the past, but you can rewrite the narrative yeah. and the story that you tell yourself. And I think that's really important um, for business, for you know, life in general. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you, Merit. I could hear the passion. I could feel the reality in your voice, how you resonate with what you're saying, and that's so wonderful. How did you get the theme for that comedy show, The Secret Seller? What inspired that? Where did that come from? Well, the Secret Cellar is actually a comedy club that I built in my basement. So ah, that's a little yeah. different. So my one woman show currently is called Who Chiseled That? I'm playing with some other title ideas. So that that might be changing. But um, it, it's funny because I was rehearsing in my basement, which was a pretty normal suburban home basement with lots of things all over the place. And I was rehearsing my one woman show. I had my set kind of all set up in the basement. 
And my director at the time, Carol Montgomery, a longtime comedian out of New York, we were con we were uh, rehearsing over Zoom. And we had just had this fabulous run through of the show. And I said, ah, it's really a shame that nobody else saw that. But you and I like that was a flawless rehearsal. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, you know, it's too bad because you looks like you got some space in your basement. And I said, <laughs> yeah, I, I could probably put a few tables and chairs in here. Mm. And then, you know, that kind of just sparked the idea. And I thought, well, it would be nice to have a, a you know, a, a residency theater, they call it, right? Like a yeah, place, yeah. you know, like you do that your show all the time. And I thought, well, what if I built a residency theater in my residence? And it just kind of snowballed. I thought maybe I just need a couple of tables and chairs. Well, then it became, I need a stage and I need a sound system and I need lights and I need a soundboard. And so now I have a, I have a comedy club in my basement that seats 52. And wow. um, yeah, people come to my, my wow. home for great comedy shows. <laughs> <laughs> you are definitely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Technically, you, definitely I don't think you can run a business like that out of your house. It's not a business. Yeah. Everything is donations. So that's how we get around I it. See, I see the passion, the light in your face <laughs> when you spoke about that discovery moment when you were in the basement. And I'm thinking of all the things that you do, is this the comedy stuff and, and, and the stand-up and the club in the cellar, is this the thing that really drives your passion and, and makes you more fulfilled? Hmm. Well, I have to say, Andy, I'm, uh, it's, I'm, I think I've been, and I continue to be an evolution, right? Ah. I'm, I'm passionate about many things in my life and I'm very, mm -hmm. uh, I'm very blessed. And I'm one of those people that is always looking for the good, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I love producing shows in my basement. That is not going to cover my lifestyle, uh, um, <laughs> my <laughs> dreams and goals. Okay. That's a, that's a, a fun hobby right. at this moment in time. I don't mm -hmm. anticipate ever owning like a regular comedy club. That's okay. a whole okay. lot of skill sets. I don't, don't think that I have, mm. um, I do love performing my one woman show. I have been touring that. I've performed the show in five states um, and audiences of all kinds really enjoy the show and really find the message for them in the show. Mm -hmm. So I do think that there's a, there, there's a lot of passion right now for me around that. But I've also been able to um, find cr very creative ways to take some of the stories and even some of the costumes and a couple props from my theater show and infuse that into my business keynotes. Ah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. you know, every keynote speaker is looking for like, what's that, you know, way that I can stand out? And there's, you know, there's drummers and there's painters and there's all kinds of creative ways to get your message across. And theater is, uh, it's just it's fun for everybody. Everybody likes to laugh. They can they can wrap themselves into a a theatrical story. And so it's really a, a way there's, there's some very specific content educational points in my keynote programs for business mm -hmm. audiences that I get across, but yeah. I can do that in a way where I'm bringing this, this entertaining, engaging story. And, and that just brings them in and it makes those messages a lot stickier. So I think I've found, you know, it's, it's taken me a long time to get to this point after 20 years of keynote speaking to finally bring able, be able to uh, not 
sort of compartmentalize like, oh, this is business. So I have to do it. Mm, like, yeah. and now I'm, I'm having a lot more fun. I think my audiences have, are having a lot more fun yeah. with those business keynotes because I'm bringing what you've picked up on is, is my passions <sighs> to my audiences. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. So Merit, I just want to share something with you okay. and I want you to give a commentary on what I think was a very comprehensive review. Here we go. So we were really picky about who we chose as our keynote for the first day, especially because this was our inaugural powerhouse summit. And so when we found Merit, we really had hopes of someone who'd come in, energize the crowd, set the tone for the whole conference. And she did exactly that. We had tears, we had laughs, we had just this energy exchange that really opened people up for the rest of the conference, which was key to a successful conference. And we just couldn't have hoped for anything more and she stayed and she connected with people and spoke with them and wasn't like an us and them with the attendees which i think is so important and really just made it memorable as our first year at the powerhouse summit wow merit you you <laughs> oh yes i know you enjoy that here's the thing so many people are looking for that kind of review response from people who they have served keynote speeches what was that occasion like for you? And, and how did you feel in seeing that you really connected with these people and basically brought your A game? Well, thank you for reminding me of that event. That <laughs> was a very special event on a number of levels. Okay. Um, first and foremost, I, I was very moved by the fact that it was recognized that I, I stayed after I, mm -hmm. I, you know, I like to meet attendees. I like to right. hear their stories. Um, yeah. I like to understand from their perspective how the the stories and the information that I shared really connects with their life, um, you know, and, and how things are relevant and what moved them. And I, I've always thought that the gift of being in front of an audience, the, the, with all of those ears and eyes on you specifically to learn something that's going to improve their life in some way mm -hmm. um that is so uh, it, it's such an honor and i never take that lightly and so mm -hmm. i really looked at that particular audience i knew i was their very first keynote speaker at this very first event they were doing and there were a lot it was a, a women's uh powerhouse summit is so it was a you know an audience of all women and i for the very first time shared many of the stories that i tell in my theater show for an event like this and i mm -hmm. there were they were very very personal stories yeah. yeah and uh definitely some stories that wouldn't have been appropriate for a, a a mixed general business audience. And so I, I had a lot of apprehension about it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I kind of just tuned in and I thought I'm going to make a difference for these women because this is a, their whole event is about, you know, not like getting rid of all this posturing and just being vulnerable deliberately in order to really uh, advance. Yeah. And, and so I thought I can't 
I can't just get up on the stage and go, all right, ladies, you know, you should all be a little bit more vulnerable. The only way I'm going to be able to get that message across. And sometimes I always, I ask myself, like, how can I get the message across without saying exactly Mm. these specific words? Yeah. How do I give them that essence? And so I, I took the first step and I was vulnerable. And because Mm -hmm. of that vulnerability, we created this beautiful experience for these women at this event to really open up with each other. And I know because I've, I've, you know, connected with people that I'm, I connected with people at that event that I'm still connected to. Um, one of them, this lovely lady, and she uh, published a book. We had had a conversation. She was telling me about this book she was writing. And you know, it was just a conversation over lunch at the event. And um, I, I talked to her a little bit about the process I went through as an author. And next thing I know, she's, she's published her book. And, and I'm not saying like I was the catalyst for that. There was many other things that were going on for her, but it was just, you know, she did leave that powerhouse summit feeling empowered. And, right. you know, I just, I just thought that was, it was a, it was a beautiful event to be part of. And that's always what I strive for is every audience is a little bit different. They need something a little bit different. And I've learned over two plus decades to trust what I, of all the things that I know and that I could teach, there are certain things that are going to be appropriate and important for certain audiences. And I really do trust at this point that I have a pretty good handle on what those are. (laughs) I like your confidence and you certainly display what we call that open-minded, innovative kind of spirit, which is key to many people being successful. Thank you for sharing, Merit. I appreciate that. Absolutely. What about the Open for Business framework? How did you come about with that philosophy and and, and what is the the key factor driving it? Well, the the underlying uh, theme of what I call the Open for Business framework is that the first step to a closed deal or the first mm-hmm. step to an open mind yeah. or sorry to a, an open door is an open mm-hmm. mind all right so, so i call it the open for business framework because for many many years i taught a sales methodology and i didn't understand yet at that time early in my career that you could have the best sales methodology on the planet But if you are talking to somebody who is not open to hearing about all the amazing offers you have, it doesn't matter how good your Mm. process is. Okay. And so there was this missing piece that I think happens right before you get into the meat and potatoes of whatever your sales methodology is that you follow, right? There's spin selling and, you know, strategic selling and there's Sandler and there's all kinds of different sales methodologies. Well, that's great once you are in the sales conversation, but before that happens, you have to open someone's mind to receive your value. And so that's why I call it the open for business framework. And the framework is really made up of three parts. Mm -hmm. So to be successful in anything you do, you need all three of these parts. And those are mindset, what you think, mechanics, what you say, and motion, what you do. So I'll I'll break those down a little bit. So in terms of mindset, right? We've all heard like, oh, you have to have a success mindset. You have to have a positive mindset. Well, that's great. Well, 
what does that mean? How do I get that? <laughs> like, it, it's so much more than, you know, writing affirmations and sticking them on your mirror. And if that works for you, and that's something I've done for many, many years, and I still do it, um, I, that's great. That's one piece of the puzzle. But I think mindset, you can work on from three different, very specific uh, vantage points. One is your internal mind. That's what you say to yourself. There's your behavioral mind, and that's what your actions say to other people. And then there's your emotional mind. And that's how well you understand your own emotions and the impact you have on other people. Right. So I I found that, you know, in early in my early years, I just said, you know, you gotta work on your attitude. You gotta have a success attitude. But it it I didn't really have an understanding mm. in my career of how to help someone get that. Right. And so by breaking it down into internal mind, behavioral mind, emotional mind, now I can work with somebody very deliberately. We can do an inventory on the beliefs that they have about sales, about money, about self-worth. I mean, there's so many different things. And they can choose as an adult some of the beliefs that they may have that did not support them in the aggressive goals they're trying to reach, they can now choose to rewrite those beliefs because there's nothing that says that belief that you are, you know, worth a hundred thousand dollars as an example, and maybe you you want a half a million dollar lifestyle. Well, if you have a belief that you are worth a hundred grand, why is that any more true than you are worth five hundred grand? Okay. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You I make it. it up. So yes. make up something that supports you. It doesn't mean it's going to happen at the snap of a finger, but you've got to have an opportunity to inventory your beliefs and then choose powerfully which ones you want to keep and which ones you want to rewrite. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, and, and we could talk at length about behavioral mind. I think emotional mind, behavioral mind is very common in the marketplace. If, People have been familiar with like disc profiles and understanding your behavioral style. And there's a lot in the public domain on that. So I won't, won't spend a lot of time on that here, but Fair enough. yeah, emotional mind is really fascinating. And, and that's why I got uh, certified in emotional intelligence. I think it really added a depth to my keynote programs and the ways I, I do consulting projects with companies. Um, the way I work with leaders or sales professionals or entrepreneurs, because there are 15 emotional intelligence attributes we can assess for, but it's the way that they work together that tells very interesting stories about how we occur in business and in relationships with other people. And mm -hmm. so when we don't understand what those patterns are, then they they can work against us. When we understand them, we can we can uh, I don't know, control them more that yeah. quite control, but it's um, we can use them to our advantage and we can modify our approach so that we're more effective. But, you know, a, a simple example would be, you know, your level of empathy and assertiveness. So if you don't, if you have high empathy for others and low assertiveness, you 
might be somebody who's kind of everybody's walking all over you, right? Hmm. Yeah. Like you might yeah. have something that could help someone, but if someone says, Oh my gosh, you know, this is a bad time to talk, I'm really over my head, even if you had something that could help them, you may you may if you are wired like that, you're gonna be like, Oh my gosh, I totally understand. Get back to me whenever you can. Meanwhile, you you can help them, but you didn't assert that you can. And if you were wired kind of the other way, like too assertive without any empathy for others, well, you're kind of a jerk. Like <laughs> no one wants that guy around either. Yeah, yeah, so we have yeah. to learn to kind of balance these um, different attributes within ourselves so that we can bring somebody's, you know, so we can put ourselves in somebody else's shoes, but mm -hmm. also make a recommendation of, of how we can serve um, that then they can say yes or no to. So, right. you know, I, I think anyway, there's a, that's just a taste of the open for business framework. Um, I spent a lot of time on mindset because <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. So speaking about that, um, looking at your profile, I, I just want to read something from it that I think is very telling based along the lines of what you just expressed. It says until now, it's my greatest joy in life to open people's minds to new possibilities. What are some of the challenges, Mary, that you face with people now that you have to probably remove some of the cobweb, some of the limiting beliefs and all the other stuff that they would have got themselves tied up and tangling so that that open mind concept that you're speaking about, which is so vital, can now become something of a reality and they can then benefit from it. What are some of the challenges that you face with people that you deal with, maybe your clients in your social circle, to help them to have that open mind concept? Well, I, I certainly everybody's going to be a little bit different, but I think mm -hmm. you know there are certain conditions uh, that uh, keep us all universally um, uh, contained or um, stressed, right? So there's yeah. stress, fear, overwhelm, anxiety, fear of the unknown, right? All of those kinds of things are, no matter who you are or what your issue is, there's, there's levels, right? They, okay. you know, my, my Navy SEAL friend is probably not as stressed or fearful as I am in certain situations, but then there's other things that may stress him out that, you know, are pretty easy for me, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't, doesn't matter who you are or how brave you are. There are some universal things. And the one thing it's, it almost, I don't mean for it to sound uh, trite, but I do think that it is, it's an overlooked um, opportunity to create space and, and be open and light. And honestly, that is laughter. Uh, it's really hard. Wow. I, I haven't been able to do it to be stressed out and hysterical laughing at the same time. Can't do it. I just, I get, I, I double dog dare you, <laughs> Try it, Andy. You can't like you've got a, the most beautiful smile. It lights up the screen, but there's no, there's no uh, frown lines or stress features when you're smiling. Now you could go you know, from smiling to like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot there's something heavy. You can mm. do that in a shift, but you can't do it simultaneously. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. And so I think that, you know, 
leaders, especially the leaders, I, I work with a lot of business leaders across many different industry categories and in very serious businesses, right? And they're, it's mm -hmm. very significant and their issues are worth multi, multi millions of dollars. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot at stake. Okay. And yet the thing that is keeping them from being able to access the solutions to solve the problems that they're, uh, that they are required, that they're being paid, that they're being hired to solve is, you know, when you're tight, when you're, when you're stressed, you actually hold your breath in certain mm -hmm. cases, right? You're just like, ah, you know, we like tense up. And so yeah. when we're yeah. like that, there's very little creativity happening. And so the more you can open up, the more when you're laughed, when you laugh, you are light, you're playful. You actually create space, right? What think about it, open, spacious. When there's space, you have the opportunity to to find these beautiful pockets of ideas and creativity to solve the problems that are pressing. When you come up with more solutions to problems, you actually grow your confidence that one of these possible solutions will actually work. And when you have confidence that one of your solutions will be effective, you emanate that confidence out. And that is very attractive to people you might be in a, in a business opportunity in a sales situation with, or as a leader, people that you're, you're looking to work a little bit extra or do, you know, come on board and help out with a project, right? Like the more confidence you radiate out to them, the more they can step into that. And they want to follow a leader who's kind of got a good handle on things. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, when you, when you kind of look at it like that, humor is not a nice to have. It is a need to have, uh, especially when companies are feeling the stress of things. Yeah. yeah. That's when yeah. you know you need it more than ever. Mm. Okay. On that note, Merit, I'm going to give you an us and our audience an even lighter moment. Ooh. Okay, so I am uh, have a little bit of alone time in this beautiful theater. This is the Manor Club of Pelham in Pelham, New York. I haven't done hair and makeup yet, so relax. <laughs> um, but my set is all set up, and I always like to just have a little bit of time alone in a space, whether I'm doing a keynote or a workshop or a theater show, um, just to kind of get grounded in the space, and I just... I sit in different chairs and I think, okay, the person sitting right in this chair is going to be looking right here at this stage. And how are they going to be feeling when they see the show? Like what's going on in their mind? And I wonder why they're here. I wonder why, I wonder what they needed. You know, was it just a laugh? Was it one of my heartwarming moments? Was it just a to bring back a memory of from their own life that makes them smile. I don't know, but I'm happy that this person right here is here. I'm happy that person's there and that person's there. And oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> In a sense, childlike, curious. Wow. I, I could use all those terms to describe 
how I get the feedback from there. Now, before you comment, the first person that I see spoke about this technique that they use before they actually get on stage is John Maxwell. Mm. And I was amazed that such a simple technique or method creates that opportunity for a greater level of connection and resonance with your audience. Yeah. How did you discover it, Merit? Share with us. That's a great question, Andy. I I have always done that. Uh, whether I was doing a free talk for a Rotary mm. Club or, you know, a keynote for thousands of people, I just, I think it's just always been part of my, um, I, I mean, I'm sure I heard it from somewhere, right? Like, I'm mm -hmm. sure I heard of some famous person, you know, doing that then, and, yeah. and I've just forgotten, you know, what that was, but, but I think it gets me, it gets me grounded because I think, um, any performer, uh, who is gifted the opportunity to be in front of an audience, um, can quickly get to the point where it's about them. It's about mm. their performance, about getting their performance right. Yeah. And I just never, I never want to be that person. I, mm. I just, I know I'm there because I'm making a difference for somebody. Um, I, I used to think, you know, well, it's, you know, like if I could just touch that one person. And then I thought, no, I, I don't want to touch just one person. If I'm just impacting one person out of this entire packed theater, I'm probably not that good. <laughs> like, <laughs> I better be impacting every one of these seats in some yeah, yeah, powerful yeah. way. So right. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. You know, I'm there. I'm just, if just that one life, um, no, I want to impact all those lives. And so that's why I sit in different seats and in, in mm -hmm. a space and I get there early. Yeah. Um, it grounds me and it reminds me it is not about me at all. It's about this person in seat double H 38, <laughs> you know, and yeah, yeah. that's, it's, it's always all about them. You know, I, I saw a, um, a one woman show by uh, Lily Tomlin. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if she's still doing it, but she did a one woman show and it was so fabulous. Um, you know, I mean, she's, and she's a legend. Right. So she goes into some characters in her show, um, iconic characters that you remember from like Rose, you know, or not, I don't know, not Roseanne, Roseanne, that was somebody else. Um, like the, uh, the operator, right. It was like yeah, the yeah. operator. And then she comes out of that character and she's talking to the audience like peeling back the curtain and kind of telling us a little bit about that. And the night that I saw her perform, she came out of this character and she was talking to the audience. She goes, Oh, I forgot a really funny line. <laughs> and she goes, don't worry. I'll let me just finish telling you what I'm going to tell you. And then I'll go back into the character and I'll, I'll do it for you. And I was like, Wow, what just happened? Now, I am sure everybody else, there were probably 2,000 people in the audience. It was at the Paramount in Denver, Colorado. And uh, I'm sure everybody else was like, oh my God, Lily Tomlin forgot something. Like, this mm. was not a flawless performance. And for right. me, as a performer, I thought, mm -hmm. I have just had a masterclass that, from a legend. Right. And this legend was 
that authentic and that real and that tuned into the audience mm-hmm. to, to first of all recognize oops i made a mistake but i'm yep. gonna fix it because this audience deserves my best work this audience is not gonna leave without them getting that that joke and just because i missed it mean they have to miss it right and i i mean you can't you can't read that in a book somewhere you know um, and I wasn't doing my one woman show at the time. I, it would be years before I even wrote it. So, but that, that moment stuck with me as a performer and it reminded me, she did that for us. Yes. And I always want to be present to my audience because it's always, always going to be about them. Wow. Yeah. That's a great moment. Uh, wonderful tour. Thank you for sharing Merit. You have been an entrepreneur since 1998. That's quite a long time. (laughs) In terms of progression that you have seen in the world, and we have been through so much since 1998, how would you describe the challenges for an entrepreneur through that period of time as to now in this present moment where things may not seem so rosy or it may not be so easy to take the risks that entrepreneurs need to take in order to maybe not succeed, but at least find out what their efforts can bring in return for them? Mm. Well, I think that the, the beautiful thing about having been in business for a long time is that I have the gift of perspective. Mm-hmm. I know that I've been through tough times. I know that I've always figured out a way. Yeah. I know I've had fantastic years in business and I've had lean years in business. Um, I know I've had to sometimes change in, in spite of what the marketplace was providing. And sometimes, um, Sometimes I miss the curve, right? Mm, when I yeah. changed a little too late. Um, I think what I'm getting at is uh, one of the exercises I do in a, in a workshop that I developed called um, Rewrite Your Past, Rewire Your Future. Mm-hmm. And the exercise is, is basically a timeline, a lifeline. And so you draw a, a line through the center of a page And then you plot the points of your life, the highs and lows, business, personal, whatever, all of it really. And and then you start to, you know, you you connect the dots, right? So that, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I got the lead in the elementary school play. Oh, my my dog died. It's like there's a a dot way above the center line. There's a dot way below the center line based on how those experiences affected you. Overall, what happens is when you look back at at your own life, you see that, of course, you have bounced back after bad things. Of course, you've had highs and lows. Yeah. And so if you project that out in the future, you know that more highs are coming and some more lows are coming. But you also have an opportunity to look visually, objectively and see, I got this. I'm going to I found a way to recover. I found a way to cope. Um, I thought my divorce was, you know, really one of the most awful things that could happen, but now I feel very happy and am finding love again. And so it's, you know, you, you have that opportunity for perspective. And I think when you're young, 
Um, you don't know yet what you're capable of. You don't know what you can handle yet. So you can borrow the the wisdom from people who've been around a lot longer, who through their experiences can teach you like, you, you got this, you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, you know, getting back to our, circling back to our topic of, you know, open minds and innovation um, I think having an open mind throughout my career uh, really helped me. And it, and maybe I had to have that because that was the capacity in which I was serving others, was to remind them that more is possible yeah. and to help them show, show them how. I think that, you know, as I'm talking this through, sorry if I... I feel like I'm rambling a little bit on this one because it's such a deep question. You go ahead, Merit. <laughs> but I, I do think that oftentimes I, I can remember even for myself, certainly for my clients, they want to get very quickly to how do I fix this? Mm. You know, like what's the right thing to do? What's my action plans? And, you know, there's definitely some benefit to being in action quickly, but there's also a lot of wisdom in that measure twice cut once, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so I think yeah. it's a little, you know, you want to, you want to be open to a new possibility, but not so attached. And at the same time, not so attached to there's only one path, right? right. My, the comedy club that I built in my basement is a perfect example of that. Right. You know, I want to do my, I, the, the overarching goal is I want to perform my one woman show. It's people love it. Um, it's inspiring. It's funny. I love performing it. I feel like it's the best thing that I've created. I love it. Okay. Outside of my kid, he's the best thing I created. Okay. But uh, but the comedy shows a very close second. Um, and <laughs> you know, so I thought, well, you know, it'd be great. I I could get a, a residency to perform my show on a regular basis somewhere in Denver. That was one path there, but there were multiple paths, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, why don't I just build it myself? And it may not have been the easiest path, but it, you know, there are multiple hows as long, once you understand the why. Yeah. Fascinating. Wow. So we have come to the end, basically, of this wonderful episode. Our guest, Merit Kana, shared so much nuggets. I just want to ask her three questions quickly. We just have a little fun before we end the podcast. The first question, Merit, is if you had a choice, what would you choose? Ham and cheese or peanut butter and jelly? Peanut butter and jelly. And why? Tell us why. (laughs) (laughs) Because the only time I eat peanut butter and jelly is if I'm going outside, either hiking or snowshoeing. That's the only time Uh, I've ever craved peanut butter and jelly. So between that, when you gave me that choice, I chose peanut butter and jelly because that would mean that I am outside on a beautiful day. Ah, wonderful. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. Do you have any specific individual that you have mirrored your comedy style after? Is there somebody that kind of you see as a mentor for you? Uh, That's a tough one. I have many uh, comedians (laughs) that I follow and, and like, um, I would say, uh, that's so tough, Andy. Oh Uh. my goodness. Um, (laughs) I would just say that my, my 
style of comedy is very personal. All right. I, I, I can appreciate the observational humor, like the, you know, early Jerry Seinfeld stuff, like mm -hmm. what's the deal with old people pulling out of their driveways? All right. um, but I like, you know, something revealing. Okay, great. Final question. Yes. Let's say you have a megaphone merit and you can speak to almost 8 billion people on the planet, something that you want them to always remember. What would you say to them? Yeah. Hold on. That's a, that's a big question. That's a big, <laughs> my, that's a big megaphone. I would say, um, find the funny to turn mm -hmm. a bad situation around when things go awry. That's good enough. <laughs> that's wonderful. So if you look on the screen there, Merit, you'll see some information. And what I want you to do now is share with the audience how they can make contact with you if they need to get your book for your professional services, if they want you to do a stand-up comedy or a keynote speech, how they can make contact with you. Well, thank you for that. Um, the The main uh, site would be MeritCon.com. So it's M-E-R-I-T-K-A-H-N.com. And on there, you'll be able to choose, are you interested in learning more about keynotes at conferences or theater shows or comedy club work? And you can go down any one of those paths and there's lots of information. But the most important button on that page is a let's talk button right at the top right. And that'll just book time on my calendar. I'm a real person. My calendar is live and I'm absolutely happy to talk with anybody, especially if you want to hire me for something. So, <laughs> so that's the best way. Indeed, indeed. So we thank Merit Khan for coming on and being our guests on the program, The Breakout Room live and alive it was an amazing session indeed remember the three watchwords thank you merit health happiness and prosperity until next time folks this is andy of andy's personal development together with our guest merit khan we're saying so long godspeed god bless shalom keep your story before you it's the most important thing that you have about yourself bye for now until next time